Governor Cuomo be tripping. That's Trip your governor. He ain't my governor. I'll do everything for you. <laughs> the governor of West Virginia. Man, he we, we got a clip from him coming up on the oh. show. We also got Pastor Rob McCoy yeah, from California. Man. Man, I love that brother. Yeah, and what's too. going on in California? I mean, like what we're experiencing here in Idaho and some of these other states is like it's small potatoes compared to what oh, they're facing. Yeah, he's, he's taking in a stand. I, you know, yeah. I, yeah. praise God yeah. for Pastor Rob. Yeah. praying for those guys. And, and I just want to, I don't know, you guys don't get to see all the interaction I get with our club members on the back end because I, I just manage our club members. Yeah, you don't, you don't show work. us any of that stuff. No, we don't. But um, uh, I've had a bunch of club members recently just like email and say, can you connect me with other club members in my state? Oh, oh, um, that's nice. It's, it's super cool. And then I email all the club members and I say, hey, guys, this guy's interested in kind of fellowshipping with some like-minded people. In that state. In, in that state. And I'll see everybody and they'll respond and, and say, thanks. Yeah, we'd love to get together. So that is a huge perk for joining our club. Uh, yeah. Not only do you get to support the show, but there's just a, a whole body of like-minded people yeah. that are gathering. Businessmen, yep. educators, That's right. politicians, pastors, pastors. And churches and communities. Yeah. And That's a, awesome. A lot of these people are just kind of like, man, my, you know, I just want good fellowship. Well, club membership is a great place to start for so that. So how would you sign up for a club membership? Well, you got to go to fightlifefeast.com. For, well, I don't know if you can go, but you you fightlifefeast.com. Okay. And also, <laughs> I mean, the, I'm just saying, if, theoretically, if, you, if, yeah. if I wanted to go there, there you go. if Knox wanted to. Yeah, there you yeah. go. And then the other thing is, uh, for the Christmas, a lot of people have been emailing about the magazine saying, hey, I want to buy a gift, a uh, Christmas gift uh, okay. and everything. And so I'm going to create some Christmas magazine Great. gift cards. And and so if you guys uh, buy a magazine and want to gift it to your husband, you know, son, daughter, whatever, uh, email me and I'll send you a a uh, Christmas gift card. Oh, so they can open it up at Christmas, saying, "Hey, you got uh, a mag- you, you got a fight, laugh, fight, feast magazine subscription. subscription. That's awesome and everything." Oh. So um, that probably needs to happen before like December fifteenth. And somebody so could so do I, that for Tim Keller if they wanted to. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. And so what I'll do is I'll, I'll mail you the gift card that you can then um hand, uh, sign it and hand it over to <laughs> your mm-hmm. friend. Oh, there it is. There we go. So I'm working on that timing. Um, make sure you guys email us at contact at fightlifefeast.com for requesting that gift card if you want to use a gift card for Christmas yeah, yeah. and everything. And I'll make sure it gets out to you. I got to design it and all that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Thanks, there you go. Thanks for sharing, Yeah, Gabe. download the app. Uh, the <laughs> other thing is, before we jump into this, make sure you guys check out Pastor Toby's book. Go to no mere marriage. Dot com, yes. where you can uh, buy Pastor these. It's a hardback. It's Canon's first hardback and everything. I, and, uh, I can't wait to talk to you about that book. Yeah, we got, oh, we got to that's do a sit down fun. with Pastor Toby to, I, and all that. I'd love to. Lastly. But I, not least. I remember when I first asked my father-in-law if I could marry his daughter. Mm. And he said, <laughs> I require that you have health insurance yeah. for my daughter. Yeah. And, then I, and then I also do a spreadsheet. Uh, to show them that I could I could support her for two years because she needed to finish college, you know, people think they don't want to talk about health insurance. Yeah, but you know what? You're really really thankful uh, when you have uh, you know a premature baby. Yeah. yeah, or a broken arm. Yeah, um, my my son fell on the swings last year or two years ago. And uh, we didn't know if it was broken. River swinging on swing still? Is it was it? Zeke. <laughs> but that makes more sense. And, uh, but never mind. <laughs> we take him in. We get the x-ray. Right as we're getting the x-ray, he's holding it the whole time. And then the, the x-ray technician says, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to move it. He goes. And all of a sudden, Zeke looks at me and says, it's better, Dad. <laughs> and the x-ray technician says, you won't believe how many times it's happened. Wow. We were on Samaritan Ministries, though. 
and all the bills taken care of. Wow, wow. praise Sam- God. Samaritan Ministries is uh, is uh, not health insurance, but it's Christians looking out for each other, That's right. supporting one another, um, and paying each other's um, bills when they come up. Wow. Um, and so we've been um, Samaritan Ministries members for a number of years, been so thankful, and even though I wasn't on Samaritan at the beginning, thankful for my father-in-law who said, how are you going to take care of my daughter? Yeah. That's right. And my grandchildren. That's right. Um, so anyways, you're not bound uh, at all um, by open enrollment, which means you can join today. Samaritan Ministries monthly costs range from $100 for an individual to $555 for a family. And Samaritan Ministries are exempt from the Federal Affordable Praise. Care Act. Praise Obamacare. Yep. Um, SamaritanMinistries.org forward slash cross politic. Tell them we sent you. And I just want to say here, Samaritan Ministries is a corporate sponsor. So they sponsor us year long and they're actually yeah. renewing sponsorship this year with us. Thank you guys. And so if, so if, thank them yes. for blessing us yes. and, yeah. by becoming a Samaritan. They've been huge uh, for partner. us and they've been fantastic. And there really are not just a, a corporate sponsor, but we love their, love their support yeah, and what absolutely. they do. And if, and if you have a, Desire to be a corporate sponsor, please reach out, contact fightlaughfeast.com. We got room for more corporate sponsors? Yeah, we got room for about (laughs) five or six more corporate sponsors where we'd like to be. And it's a huge blessing to what we're doing. And just so you know, Samaritan is renewing, so there is value there if you join our corporate sponsor team and everything and what we got going on. And lastly, if if Biden's administration happens. If O'Biden-Harris. If O'Biden-Harris happens. Uh, Samaritan Ministries is going to be even more important because the mandate's going to come back. Oh, you better. There's all it. these other things that they're going to be doing with our health system. Obamacare so is dead. Samaritan is going to be hugely important, I think, this right. next year Absolutely. if the Biden administration Absolutely. wins and everything. So, New York. Mm. All these governors. Yeah, exactly. There, there is a. My mouse is. There it goes. My mouse is not working. <laughs> it's doing its thing. Um, I can't <laughs> believe. What the governors are doing right now. They do everything. In California, you. New York, Connecticut. Do they put a, uh, a dead horse head in your... It's coming. Incompetent in Inslee. Well, here, here's Governor Cuomo. You said this is the city's decision. They have an agreement of 3%. Today you said, well, I might have to impose an orange zone and I might have to close the schools, which an orange zone does. So what's going on? Does the city still have the ability to close its schools? Are you now taking control and saying that you have the power to make this decision? And for the millions of parents who want to know, are the schools going to open tomorrow in New York City? All right. First of all, let's try not to be obnoxious and offensive (laughs) in your tone. In your tone. Because you're 100% wrong. 100%. We announced the Orange Zone law over a month ago. Oh. I don't know if you were here or if you were paying attention, but that has been in effect for over a month. It always said, if by the state's numbers you hit 3%, the schools close. What's so condescending? Is nothing that the law hasn't said for over a month. We then had the test out procedure. Mm Mm-hmm. If you were paying attention, you would have known we closed the schools in New York City two weeks ago. (laughs) Remember when we did an orange zone and a red zone in Brooklyn and Queens? And we closed the schools? (laughs) Don't you remember that? Okay, so don't you... So what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You're now going to override. We did it already! (laughs) 
That's the law. An orange zone and a red zone. Follow the facts. <laughs> You're confused. Oh, man. They're not confused. You're confused. <laughs> Read the law. Read the law, and you won't be confused. <laughs> the schools are open by state law. But will they be open tomorrow? That's the question. I think Jimmy's correct in, in asking that question. I don't think it's obnoxious at all. Well, I don't really care what you think. Thing. Okay, but he's not done yet. No, he is not done yet. Five. So I guess just the point blank question is, are schools going to be open tomorrow in New York? Let's do it again for you. This may be... gets confusing over the days and nights. Uh, schools set their own... School, 700 school districts. They all set their own number. That's the number. Unless... They can lose his hand. Microcluster. Microcluster. The microcluster overrides the local rules. Yellow, orange, red. <laughs> if it's Buffalo, I don't even know the Buffalo closing number for schools. But the Buffalo schools close in that orange zone. Right? Yeah, seriously. Why? <laughs> Why? It's an orange zone. <laughs> Why? I don't know it's if you know this. Orange, orange zone. Unless there's a micro Man, they, they, they've colorized their Levitical laws. Orange, yellow, <laughs> orange, red. Is anybody nervous at this point? I, seriously. Because somebody checked on these reporters. Yeah. I just want to know are if they, they still live it. Are they doing okay? <laughs> is anybody, if you don't feel safe, blink three times because I don't feel safe for you. This is totalitarian. This is monster. I don't know if you were here yeah. or if you were paying attention. Let's do it again for you because, you know, with the days and the nights. <laughs> the you wonder why? Because of orange. <laughs> then you get the color charts. <laughs> hey, Tommy, Tommy, hand on my lightweight. Uh, here's, here's what I'm thankful. I'm thankful that there's still some sheriffs in New York well, that yeah. are willing to, to do some things here. Right. I think the order is unconstitutional, but I, I really want to tell you what put me in a position to issue a public statement about it. I came out of a convenience store middle of last week and a, a man probably his early seventies, a veteran, he had a baseball cap on, he served and he, and he said, Sheriff, can I ask you a question? I said, yes. He said, my wife and I are arguing about going to our sons for Thanksgiving. I said, why are you arguing? He said, well, she heard on TV that the governor had said you can only have 10 people at a gathering. And I said, so what's the problem? She says, well, there's going to be 14 of us, including a new baby we haven't seen in eight months. And, and she's afraid that your deputies and the state police are going to come to the house and, and count who's there. And if we got over 10, that my son's mm. going to get ticketed because we're going to do it at his house. And he's going to get fined and maybe lose his job. And I was stunned that he would say that. And I said, oh, we're not going to do that. I said, why, why would you think that? Well, the governor said that you can only have 10 people. And I said to him, sir, I'm not going to be looking in your windows. I'm not sending the deputies. One, I only have three deputies for 500 square miles and 55,000 people. Two, it's scaring the heck out of people. Mm. There's a lot of anxiety out there. Right now, we're double the number of mental health cases we've had in the same six months as last year. Mm. So I felt so bad for the man that, that him and his family would think 
that local law enforcement who are there to serve and protect them exactly. would actually enter their home or or so, take so it down. But there's police. but there's reason for him to be asking the question. It's not like absolutely. It's left. I mean, no. <laughs> this is what happened here in Idaho. <laughs> what's happening in New York? Just right. the the fact that there are guys in their houses right. who are having people over, and the police officer who's there for a traffic violation right. looks over and sees more than ten people and goes and barges inside of that house. Right. This yeah. is a valid question to a absolutely. sheriff. Yeah, yeah. He, he should not be surprised. That's right. You're a sheriff. That's right. Now, God bless you, Sheriff Giardino, for at least standing up, especially yes. in New York. Especially in New yeah. York. Yeah. But seriously, you cannot be surprised by this at all. Uh, the, unfortunately, I mean, I, I think what we need is far. I mean, we can't. This kind of insanity that Cuomo's doing. Yeah. It, it needs to be laughed off the stage. Absolutely. First of all, it yep. needs to be mocked and laughed off the stage. Yep. Um, this is like you know third world dictator stuff. Yeah, that's, yep. right. And, that's right. And sheriffs need to just sheriffs need to give him some of his own medicine. Tell, what do you mean by that? Don't touch my people. Yeah, this yeah, is that's not, right. not feeling bad for just the elderly guy. That's right. right. But he needs to come out fighting. He needs that's to come right. out swinging yeah. and yeah, yeah. say, yes, "You right. stay off my people." Yeah, because right. that guy should have known that his sheriff already had his back. Absolutely, that guy should have known. Right. Well, that's not exactly. happening here. Right. He should have yeah. never had right. to talk to him. Cuomo needs to know that he's got the sheriffs all over the state. After him, that's what exactly. So he, and, right. he, and he he needs to sit down and he needs to pay attention. Well, so here's Cuomo's response, yeah. to that sheriff. Uh, I don't believe, as a law enforcement officer, you have a right to pick and choose what laws you will enforce. An EO is a law that has been litigated, right? Uh, well, I don't believe in that law. And therefore, I won't enforce it. Uh, that is, uh, frankly, frightening to me as an individual, frightening to democracy. It's arrogant, Oof. and it violates your constitutional duty. Okay. Oh, he's oh, appealing he, to the he, Constitution? He, wow. He, he would have been a great Jim Crow governor. Oh, <laughs> he would have been a great yes, massa. Well, what? I mean, yep. there was a time where you couldn't sell property to black people here in America. Right? Could yep. you imagine now? He's saying the sheriff should have had to go and enforce that. Say, I'm sorry, did you just sell that? Yep. You can't do that. Right? Yep. Or, or did you have black people come in the front door of your restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. Did you just serve them they here? Need, they need to come through the black uh, back door. The black yeah. door. The black door. <laughs> yeah. Which is the back door. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, sheriff. I just saw black people drinking from the water fountain that was labeled white people. Yeah. Right. I'll be right over. Right. Why right. don't they respect the Constitution? Right. Right. Are, are you a runaway slave? Right. Oh, we got to take you back. Yeah. But he's, he's yeah. absolutely wrong. Of course the, he is. The execu executive orders are not automatically law. Well, in Como land. Yeah. yeah. You think you run the world? You, yes, you think you're does. the dictator? Absolutely. I mean, but this is, I mean, he, he, he and then he's, he has the audacity to actually say that they're not going to enforce it. Right. Well. How, how would you suggest to them they, they enforce it? Or is it only something you can after contact tracing after the fact. Well, no, you could if you wind up in a circumstance. I mean, nobody's saying knock on doors, jump oh. heads, right? Oh, they're not. Uh, but uh, you come across a gathering for one reason or another, and there's uh, 20 people there. You say, this can't happen. By the way, <laughs> how did we get there? And also, by the way, by the way. That's it. Yeah. So, you know, by the way, by the way, but, but this is what's crazy about this is that, okay, so 
they're they're actually depending on people to tattletale. Right. That's what that, that's what he's. That's yeah. what he's. Anyway. Yeah. Right. They're looking for the people. Yeah. Say, nobody, are there any nobody, Jews in the house? Nobody's saying we're actually going to come count heads and knock on doors. Uh, officer, I just saw four Jews enter the building right. in my neighbor's house. Right. right. Oh well, we have to come over there now. Right. This is ridiculous. So he's not ambiguous about the law. He's not ambiguous about the law no. itself, but he's ambiguous on how they enforce it. That's a scary no, situation no, to be in. That's that's what tyranny does. Right. Wow. Yep. Tyranny actually has exactly it, right. it actually multiplies laws. It doesn't enforce them equitably. That's right. But it always has something it can get you for. Yep. That's right. There's that's always right. something they can arrest you for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's nice though is that at least in California you have a few senators or representatives that are stepping up and not Sitting, taking the back seat. Defense of Governor Gavin Newsom, who defense recently of Gavin? defied his own idiotic COVID edicts <laughs> as he partied at one of the few restaurants that's not yet been forced out of business. I defend him because he was doing what we once all did in a free society, make our own decisions over what risks we're willing to run and what precautions we're willing to take according to our own circumstances to protect our own health. Yes, COVID is a nasty bug, and a quarter of a million Americans have died while having it. But this isn't the bubonic plague. The CDC's best estimate is that if you're under 49, your chance for surviving COVID, if you get it, is 99.92%. Even if you're over 70, you have a 94.6% rate of recovery. 40% who get it don't even know they have it. And yet we've allowed our officials to ruin our quality of life over it, destroying countless businesses, throwing tens of millions into unemployment, robbing our children of their educations, Mm. and shredding our most cherished rights as Americans. Governor Newsom's night of partying should be a wake-up call for every American. Mm. Every time we step outside our homes, the risks that we face multiply. A free society assumes that its citizens are competent to assess those risks, balance them against the avoidance costs, and to manage their decisions in a generally responsible way. It's called common sense, (laughs) and it's a necessary prerequisite for self-government and liberty. That is exactly right. Well, somebody with a lot of common sense, Pastor Rob McCoy, who is also out in California, he's fighting the fight. We're going to have him next on Cross Politic. You do not want to miss it. And third segment, (laughs) we're not done with Mr. uh, Mr. Godfather coming back. He's coming back. More Cross Politic coming up next. When a medical need arises, hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation care for one another by sharing financially for those medical needs. Samaritan members pray and reflect God's love and care by providing for one another. While times continue to change, God's love doesn't. He cares for us as we are called to care for one another. For this one, without fail, I had to do that for this one. He's not even from Texas, Gabe. Hey, yeah. hey, 
He could be, though, the way he's handling California right now. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Cross Politic on the one and only Fight Laugh Feast Network. And with us on the line right now, we got Pastor Rob McCoy. He served as senior pastor for Godspeed Calvary Chapel, Thousand Oaks, for over two decades. Um, in 2015, he was elected to Thousand Oaks City Council because he knows that Jesus is Lord over politics. Woo. He was reelected in 2016 and also served as mayor in 2019. Uh, and then torture. He resigned from city council in May of 2020 prior to holding Palm Sunday services in opposition to state ordered church closures. Oh, man. Rob and his wife, Michelle, have been married for 30 years. They have wow. been blessed with five children and three grandchildren. Uh, All pa- baptized. Pastor Rob, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. Hey, thanks, fellas. Good to be with you. <laughs> hey, Pastor Rob, um, you're a Baptist, right? Uh, well, Calvary Chapel's non-denominational. I, I wouldn't say Baptist. Ba- non- Baptistic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay um, so what's in that red cup? Uh, this is iced tea. Oh, okay. Just, <laughs> I was just one, just one. <laughs> He's backing it up. <laughs> we're, oh, we're Presbyterians, Rob. I don't know if, uh, I, I don't think I communicated that to you, but, uh, <laughs> well, like, we're Presbyterians. Like, Wait a second. What did I get myself into? <laughs> no, no. I got, I got to tell you, uh, it, Baptist whiskey is NyQuil. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. We gonna have to talk about that one. So, Pastor Rob, you got uh, daytime and nighttime. um, (laughs) Gabe, you get a kick out of it. Oh man, Uh, tell us what happened. You were serving, just happily serving your city uh, as as mayor and city council member, and you resigned in May. Um, and then prior to holding a Palm Sunday service, uh, what went down? Yeah, um, I, I had been the mayor pro tem when we had that awful shooting. Uh, Twelve of our young people were killed uh, November 7th of 2018. Mm. And then in December mm. of that same year, I became the mayor of the city. And two of the 12 victims were from my congregation. Mm. And uh, uh, we, you know, we. I officiated their memorial services. We we got a park dedicated to the victims, and by the one-year anniversary, we dedicated a freeway to Officer Ron Healis, who was shot and killed uh, in that shooting. So I love my city, and uh, and then I I was up for re-election. I, uh, it would have been for this November, um, and I won the last time by a very large margin, and I, I, people... People like me in the city. I, I served the city well. I, I did the best I could. But on uh, Saturday, April 3rd, just before Palm Sunday, April 4th, and the governor said that the church was non-essential, and uh, he shut us down on Holy Week, Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday. Mm. And, uh, you know, if as we declare the, the, the body of Christ is, is the bride of Christ— um, you you tell my wife she's non-essential. You're going to be picking up your teeth with your broken arm. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I, oh. I, I just, you know, I we we followed CDC standards. We didn't know the severity of the virus, but we opened up and and the press treated us like we were going to kill everybody. But to the press's credit, that uh, that Sunday morning, Palm Sunday, they said it was the cleanest place of those that would be considered essential. In the county, I mean, abortion clinics were essential, and right, cannabis yep. distributors and liquor stores, but not the church. Yep. So uh, it, it it got around all over, all over the world, and I realized it was going to be a firestorm. So mm. that night, 
uh, I resigned for the sake of my colleagues who I adore on the council because we're dealing with the state and county and uh, they're just usurping autonomy from smaller districts and, and it's the nation state of California. So <laughs> I just, I stepped down and uh, in, in defiance to the governor. And, and by the way, uh, for, for all my brothers out there that have been telling me I'm in violation of Romans 13, I'm getting a little tired of it. Um, you know, I, I held office and I swore to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, when I took that office and I worked hard mm-hmm. to be elected to. And that Constitution declares who the authority is in Romans 13. It's the first three words of the preamble. It says, we the people. Mm-hmm. And, and that Constitution was designed so that those who govern by our consent won't infringe on our inalienable rights. And if they do, as the authority in Romans 13, it's our right and our duty to push back. And that's what I did. So if you want to invoke Romans 13 on me by saying I'm in violation of it, I I reverse it on you, having been a political official. First of all, you don't know the nation in which you live, and you're in violation of Romans 13 because you're not pushing back. Our founders gave us the First Amendment and the pulpits are supposed to be the counselor to the king, we the people. Right. Kings need counselors, uh, presidents need cabinet members. They gave us the press and the pulpit so that freedom could be p- proclaimed and defended. And if the press is bought into the narrative and they're bought and the pulpits are silent, the king has no counselor and they're, they're rudderless. Mm-hmm. And, and that, don't, don't come at me with that. That onus is on you. The, the freest nation in the 6,000 years of recorded history, United States of America, is at a precip right now, a precipice right now, where it's about to, to lose this unbelievable freedom because our pulpits have been asleep at the wheel, yielding to tyranny. That's right. Wow. You know, um, I appreciate you bringing a little creation into that that comment, you know, 6,000 years. That's good. <laughs> uh, uh, Rob, uh, it, it sounds like, you're kind of being harassed now by kind of health officials and and uh, local uh, city officials because of the governor's orders. What's going on uh, presently? Yeah, so uh, Governor Nussolini uh, did uh, <laughs> he put a. That's great. My goodness. Where do I send my offer for that it just, one? It just I, an that offer was, for that one. It yeah. just rolled off Come his on. tongue. It just rolled off his tongue. I, I, I live here. Trust me. It is. It's tyranny. Yeah. So he just he he he, uh, he just put a curfew on 95 percent of the citizens of California. Wow. That you can't leave your home from uh, 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. <laughs> because this virus is so insidious. Yeah. That uh, it starts up. Op- it, it 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 knows when it's ten o'clock at nine fifty nine. Right. It, it's not busy, but at ten o'clock, it yeah. it goes crazy. Yeah. And and while he imposes this and ruins our Thanksgiving and gives us uh, that that you can't have more than three uh, different families gathered in a park outside, social distancing, masks, no singing. He already took away uh, our our Holy Week. He's coming after Thanksgiving. He took away Columbus Day. He's going to do Christmas too. And, and all while he's imposing these draconian, tyrannical measures, he's out at the French laundry, laundry restaurant uh, yeah. enjoying uh, a dinner, $400 a plate at taxpayer expense, Ooh. sitting with the health officers yep. of California. And, and, and the average unemployment check for a worker in California that has lost their job because 21% of the businesses have completely closed will never reopen. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the average welfare check that they're behind on is $400. So, and, wow. and when he violates it, he doesn't face any a, anything legally. Yep. He just he just apologized. So I just want to tell Governor Mussolini, I want to apologize in advance that I will <clears throat> be violating the orders just like you did. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So, Pastor Rob, what what are you what are you counseling your people to do right now? So, if you got Thanksgiving next week, yeah, um, what um are are you, what are you what are you proclaiming? What are you preaching? What are you how are you counseling uh, the saints there in Thousand Oaks? Yeah, so so we like you guys. I, I've been doing a live stream every night since the lockdown. We're at two hundred and twenty five, two hundred and thirty live streams every night for for over an hour. We've had. No less than 12 doctors, two psychologists. We've gone through all the data in the county. We pull it up from the vcemergency.com website. It's all their county data, health data. Yeah. Our death rate is one one hundredth of one percent. Wow. In a in a county of seven hundred and fifty-eight thousand people. Yep, million people. And and we were we were ready to be open, and then the governor switches it to a um, a, an unattainable metric with color-coded boxes, and then just arbitrarily puts everyone in purple. And and we were told fourteen days to flatten the curve, and that was almost a year ago. Yeah. And 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 here's the interesting thing: <clears throat> we've had tragically a little over 170 deaths in our county attributed to COVID. And when I had to sit uh, in the courtroom and swear to tell the truth, and I was under oath, and we had done the Freedom of Information Act of the at the time a little over 100 deaths, only two of them were people who had died from COVID. Everyone else died with, which wow. means we had a, we had a guy who died of a fentanyl overdose, tested positive for COVID. Of course. COVID death. Duh. Man. And, and, and the, the one, one hundredth of 1% death rate is based on people dying with, not even from, if you did from it's, you, you can't even process it. It's so small. It's so small. Right. Wow. And less than 1% of the population is affected by this. We know the comorbidities. We know who's, you know, susceptible to it, but yet 100% of the people have been affected by this tyranny. 65% of our restaurants will never reopen in our county. Mm. We have have quarantined the abused with their abusers. There there isn't one case in the viral load with children, yet all of our schools are closed. Our special needs children no longer have that. While the teachers are getting a full paycheck and our health officer got a 12.5% raise wow. while everyone else is being destroyed. So how do, I mean, how do the people push back? How, how do you say push back? Yeah, we're going to enjoy Thanksgiving. Yeah, we're going to invite whoever we want. Amen. And we're going to do the same thing on Sundays that we've been doing since May 31st. No masks, no social distancing. We have ionization machines. We have UV lights. Um, <clears throat> I know of no one who's contracted COVID from our fellowship. Um, there's been no massive outbreaks, no deaths, no hospitalizations that I know of. And, um, and yet the judge considers us in a scale of one to 10, we're a 10 as far as danger to the community. Wow. What's fascinating is if you go on the CDC website, take a look at how many uh, cases of influenza. And here we are in November in the middle of flu season, right? How many cases of influenza? It's the lowest number in a long time. I mean, we usually have about 45,000. Yeah. Now we have, what, 61? Yeah, 61. That's it. You know, Rob, I, I can't help but think, I mean, um, a, a people, a citizenry, doesn't just allow this to happen overnight. It, it, in other words, it seems like 
that we as a people have gotten softer and softer over time, which has allowed for this moment to happen. And, and I, I want to you know, blame or, or point the finger at the church, that the church has not um, taught the full-orbed gospel and how the gospel applies, how the, God's word applies to every area of our lives. And so the people aren't spiritually strong, which allows for uh, you know, uh, Governor Mussolini to be able to do what he's doing without little pushback, except for maybe from your church and John MacArthur's church, and that's it. And Jack Hibbs and uh, and Jurgen Matisius and uh, okay. you know okay. uh, Mike McClure, but we're we're certainly a minority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why why aren't why is it that more churches aren't open? <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, Gabe, you you started the inquiry, and and I think you placed the onus where it belongs. Um, and and I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, Calvary Chapel, which is a loose affiliation of churches, we're not a de- we're we're a denomination that's not a denomination. Right, I, yeah. I don't know any other way to explain it. Sure. Yeah. And and we started in California in 1968, uh, and Chuck Smith looked out at a, a sea of burned out hippies who had you know uh, explored Eastern religions and drug use, and and now they were just disillusioned and and lost. And he and Kay began to reach out to them with the simple idea of teaching the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book yep. by book. Yep. Now, 1968 in California, Reagan was governor. We had the fifth largest GDP gross domestic production of any nation in the world. It was uh, conservative. The California aqueduct was an a engineering marvel. Phenomenal state. I was born here in 64. My father was born here, grandfather. Great state. So Reagan, 1968, California's conservative. Chuck Smith starts Calvary Chapel, but avoids politics because in 68, Bobby Kennedy was shot. Reverend King was shot in Memphis, Tennessee. In 63, JFK had been shot. Uh, we had the My Lai Massacre, the Ted Offensive. In the following year, we'd have the Kent State shooting. Right. And Madeleine Murray O'Hare would sue everybody uh, when the Apollo spacecraft would orbit the moon. My point is this. It, the nation was divided with, with communism infiltrating students. It, everyone was disillusioned. So Chuck stays away from politics. Okay. But he teaches the Bible. And for 52 years, Calvary Chapel's experienced 10,000% growth. There's over 1,500 of them around the world. At one point, two of the 10 largest churches in America were Calvary Chapels. Harvest Crusades, Greg Laurie, Calvary Chapels. Three, south of Van Nuys, 350 Calvary Chapels. There's more Calvary Chapels than Dunkin' Donuts in California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, 52 years, that is conversion growth, not transfer growth. So how have we affected the state of California by staying out of the ecclesia? And when I say ecclesia, Matthew 16 says, upon this rock, I will build my ecclesia. Jesus co-opted a secular term. Right. Church wouldn't come for 400 years later, and that was King James trying to create this control. And and in the public square, that's what ecclesia means. That's where you would contend for the welfare of your citizenry. And, And the church stays out of it for 52 years. Now, California, 2020... We no longer have the fifth largest GDP. We have about the sixth. We have the highest gas tax, sales tax, income tax, corporate tax. We lead the nation in debt. Mm. We have the highest homelessness and the highest poverty and the worst schools. We're the authors of no-fault divorce, transgender bathroom bills, the most secular progressive sexual education curriculum in the world that's vile. And here's the kicker. We've aborted more children in California than the entire population of Canada. Mm. So that's 
the church's fault because yeah. we while, while while we've been doing church the secular progressive left has been dominating the ecclesia yeah yeah wow um I, th- th- there's there's responses in my head to the question I'm going to ask though. Have you really then been doing church? Mm. Well, you know, <clears throat> we teach the be- death, burial, resurrection of Christ. Uh, we we talk about the, the atoning blood. Uh, we we have taught. Um, while I've been the pastor of the church uh, for 20 years, we've taught through the entire Bible. I think three times, cover to cover. Expositionally, yeah. Um, so you're Presbyterian now. <laughs> <laughs> we just we don't we don't camp in Romans forever. If that's what you're asking, <laughs> no, that's Reformed Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. So so you you know uh, we we baptize. Uh, we have communion. I mean, we do all the sacraments in that sense, right? But have we created disciples? We've done converts, but I'm not so certain that we've done disciples, mm. and especially in the ecclesia, because uh, we bought that lie that that we're doing church. We don't do church. Church isn't biblical. We we do ecclesia. We're in the we're in the public square. We contend for the culture. We drive the culture. Yeah. Salt and light, it, I think, is what Jesus said. How much damage, you know, this kind of dualistic thinking has done, where we think yep. the Bible stays here in our church and in our hearts. And then, I mean, I remember my my grandpa telling me, you know, we don't talk about he he, he at the dinner table say we don't talk about religion and politics together. And then he'd pray, and then he'd talk about politics and religion all through dinner, you know. <laughs> and, and only the people that were allowed to do it would do it, and, and, but the church uh, 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 never felt like they had that kind of permission out in the world to talk and engage the scriptures in a politics. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a Christian runs for office. You know, what's, what's, the, what's the normal statement a Christian is going to say when they run for office that I'm going to keep my faith, at, faith out, out of politics? Right, right. And, and so, um, and I, you know, I think part of this, part of – where I would want to take this is that our pastors haven't really been that courageous. Uh, pastors haven't really shown the church how to be courageous. We say on our show regularly, courage begets courage. And if our leadership, if our shepherds aren't demonstrating courage, well, well, there's a reason, there's a reason why we have women being ordained all in all the pulpits because women are better at being nice and relating to people. <laughs> and, and uh and and we i mean but right. there's a reason That's why right. god called men to lead the church because it's supposed to be the kind of thing that is hard it it, it, it takes courage it takes courage it, yeah. it takes backbone it's uh it's a militant calling um and we have so few actual um men leading the church i mean i've i've heard in in california churches that started having church again because you and john MacArthur showed them the way yeah yeah you know and but but here we are. You look you look nationwide, and there's just few and far between pastors sticking their necks out and showing courage and knowing and counting the cost that's coming. I mean, I mean, where are you at in your your whole uh, court, your legal battle, legal battles? Yeah, so uh, we we're gonna have our court case coming up uh, in January. They wanna they want us to to die from a thousand cuts and bleed yep. to death, and yep. they just wanna. 
weight us out financially because they've got all the taxpayer money and ours is our own deal. Right. Um, they, they put a emergency temporary restraining order on that every Sunday I'm in violation of, which accumulates fines that they place upon us. Um, <clears throat> and quite honestly, they're never going to see a dime of that. Now, granted, I may see the inside of a prison, but they'll never see a dime of that money. At least I'm, I'm not going to willingly give them anything yeah. ever. Um, and, and here's here's what it boils down to. I'm 56 years old and and this is probably the most trying time ever in my life. And everything's on the line. And I and I live in a very, very liberal state that isn't there's no support. And so when I talked to the attorney when we were getting ready to violate the restraining order, I asked him, I said, tell me, tell me what I can lose. And he went down the list. And I said, is there anything else you can think of? And it went from losing your house to getting an IRS audit to you're, you know, being jailed to, you know, and he went down the whole list. I said, is there anything else? And then he had a couple more things. I said, anything else? Finally, he was exhausted. He goes, I can't think of anything else. I said, so that's the list. He goes, yeah. I said, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Because at this point, I've already given it away. Yeah. So there's, there's nothing you can do to me. You, you can have it all. I've already surrendered it. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to threaten me with? Heaven? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Come, That's on right now. Now. Come on now. Early promotion? Yeah. And, and, it's, and there's a joy in that freedom. And the people see it and they go, wait a minute. He really does believe that this is, this is the Lord's heart. And he's, he's acting by faith that he's, he's given it all up. And quite honestly, I've never been more... Uh, more inspired and moved by God in my Christian walk than Amen. I am right Amen. now. Yeah. You know, when, and when I've I, never had, and I've never had more peace. By the way, Amen, Amen. You know, when I got arrested for um, practicing my First Amendment rights at City Hall in the parking lot and singing psalms, um, I remember um, telling my chief of police that this was your Daniel moment, as they're handcuffing me. Yeah, and and I had emailed him earlier that week, not knowing what was going to happen at all. We hadn't even planned to do a psalm sing right. before I emailed him. And I emailed him and I said, either you can be like Peter and run from trouble, or you can be like Daniel. And I, I, I praise God for pastors like you who Amen. are being like Daniel and who are willing to risk your, your whole livelihood. Because this is, this is that moment. And the, th- and the thing that Christians frequently miss is it's, it, it's the thing that he's testifying to right now is that when you, when you obey God in, in the difficulty, in the hardship, in the trouble, God's blessing rests on it. That's right. And, that, and you find yourself in a place of complete peace. I mean, you know, we were talking about this yesterday here, uh, but, you know, Paul in prison writing the Philippians saying, guys, everything's going great. Everybody here has heard the gospel. We've yeah. got them on the run. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like they, from prison. They've got, we got them on the run. They have nowhere to go now. That's and, right. And, uh, you know, but when you've surrendered, when you've already died and your life is hidden with God in Christ, that's right. Then you've already surrendered in principle. You've lost it all in principle. You no longer live. Christ lives in you. Amen. And you're, and you're at his mercy. And it's a privilege to serve Christ in obedience, yeah. right. whatever he calls you to. Pastor McCoy, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go uh, ahead. But I was just going to say, anything given to God first will never be lost. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. How can we be praying for you, Pastor? Well, first of all, um, I, I'm 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 so blessed to be with you three because mm. I, I look at you guys as 
the brotherhood of the defiantly obedient. <laughs> Amen. That's right. Well, we need to start that. We need to, we need to hashtag that. I just want to wear the shirt. I'm just I'm just happy you tagged us with that, brother. So. I appreciate that very much. But you're you're an you're an inspiration. The tip of the spear, brother. We're praying for you over here, man. Keep keep up the good fight. Keep up the good fight. Thank and let you. us and let us know how we can help too. Yeah. All right. Check them out. Pastor Rob God McCoy. speak Calvary Chapel, Thousand Oaks, California. And if you're in California, be like them. Go to church on Sunday. Have Thanksgiving. Have, Have a Thanksgiving. Man. Have a huge party. Come on Big now. Thanksgiving. Extra gravy, extra turkey, and a whole lot of of wine. (laughs) (laughs) This is Cross Politics. More coming up next. (laughs) The Hebrew word avodah is the root word for work and worship. As Christians, our work is part of our worship because that's what God tells us in the Bible, to do all things unto him. The Impact 360 Institute teamed up with Barna to do a study of Generation Z and they found that only one-third of Gen Zers believed in absolute truth and that it could be known. As Christians, that's a big problem because we believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Classical Conversation's mission is to know God and to make Him known. Our act of worship is to partner with families who want their children to receive a classical Christian education. We believe truth can be known and that parents are the first and best teachers for their children. So we equip parents by training them in classical education and equipping them through community. Proverbs 25.2 tells us, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search a matter out is the glory of kings. We believe that as brothers and sisters to Christ, we are prince and princesses in the kingdom of heaven. God reveals himself in his creation, Romans 1.20. When we teach our kids reading, writing, and arithmetic, we are teaching them about our Lord and Savior. It is the foundation of any true education to seek truth. Every year, Classical Conversations surveys our graduates. And this past year, we found that 89% said that their faith was strengthened by attending a licensed Classical Conversations community. And 98% rated the quality of Classical Conversations programs as higher than other programs that they had experienced. If you want to know more, you can find out at classicalconversations.com. Man, God, God bless Pastor Rob McCoy. And I met him down in Miami when I was at the uh, Liberty uh, yeah. Summit down and, there. And all the faithful pastors yep. and Christians who are meeting for worship in California, don't stop now. Yep. Keep right. it up. Don't forget to join the club. That's how you can help us help people like Pastor Rob McCoy yep. and push back against this nonsense. Download the app. Just search Fight, Laugh, Feast you should on have your it already. favorite app store. Search. Also, don't forget yep. you can subscribe Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine, four issues for 40 bucks. And I got, I got one thing, actually, I just remember. Of course you um, do. We're doing a big, uh, always one thing. for Idaho, we're doing a big statewide Idaho press conference on Tuesday. Oh. Uh, go to Idaho Strong Facebook page uh, to be able to follow the press conference. We're doing a Lieutenant Janice McGeehan, a number of business leaders, pastors. Pastor Toby's going to join us in the press conference, uh, a doctor, um, and to kind of present a more positive, you know, outlook to how we should be handling the coronavirus. I'm yeah. really excited about it. Um, mm. Some show, uh, good opportunity to show some statewide leadership in Idaho. Even West Virginia governor is gone crazy. And have a food fight over something <laughs> as simple as this egg-sucking mass. That's all there is to it. We can't have a food fight over this.
Yeah, we can. I mean, sure, it's an inconvenience. I don't like it either. But for crying out loud, we don't need a food fight over something to where somebody is standing up on a soapbox trying to get you to believe that, but, that if they take, if they make you wear a mask, they're going to take your guns. They're going to absolutely come and invade your house. I mean, really? Really? Yes. Yes. Do you really believe such a thing as that? Yes. Yes. The fact that you brought it up scares me. Yeah. The fact that you made the jump there. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No. Yeah. I but, mean, this is I mean, I mean, this is they're telling you how many people you can have in your house. They're telling you what time you have to go to bed at night. Yeah. Yeah. And and here's the thing. If the information, the science wasn't so clear on it, like Danae Rancourt, he's done a lot of extensive yeah. research on this and brought it all together. You can find it. Masks don't work. If you have the app, we'll have this link inside of the app, a review of science of relevant that's relevant to COVID-19 social policy. He has all of the randomized right. control testing right. right there for you to view so they don't work. So why are they using them? Yeah, it makes me nervous. Well, because Cuomo thinks the restrictions work. So the restrictions work. No, they don't. And just to make it very simple, if you socially distanced and you wore a mask and you were smart, none of this would be a problem. Oh, it's all self-imposed. Oh, Oh. it's all self-imposed. If you didn't eat the cheesecake, you wouldn't have a weight problem. It's all (laughs) self-imposed. I just want you to know that I care about your health. So from now on, no more cheesecakes, okay, everybody? No more cheese, no more sodas well, for you. Know, you notice Bill how Gumps he's gonna... turning this narrative. He's turning this narrative into it's your fault. Yeah. And right. now he's going to take it and say it's your living room's fault. You know where it's spreading now? That's why on my personal theory here. Oh, I got a personal theory. People change their behavior. Uh, it's in bars and restaurants. It's still there. But they've migrated to home gatherings. You have no science. That's why we call it uh, that? living room spread. Wow. Spread. That's why I think Thanksgiving is going to be terrible. You know oh. what I just thought about? Aren't these the same people who tried to make big gulps illegal? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. This makes so much sense now. That was now. Hot Dog de Blasio that did that. Oh, yeah. my goodness. This yep. is the same governor yep. that lit the Empire State Building up pink in celebration of murdering babies all the way up to their birth birth that's right that's exactly right <laughs> right yeah yeah mr health man and so now he thinks thanksgiving he just ended yeah, that right. he thinks thanksgiving is going to be a disaster well here's why your family sounds safe doesn't it <laughs> your home sounds safe your dining room table at thanksgiving sounds safe mm. this is a safe environment i'll be safe no, you won't oh. be safe. It's an illusion. Oh, brother. My sister loves me. My sister could infect me. Not maliciously. No. But accidentally. It's counterintuitive. What I thought was the safest place and the safest situation in my home, at my table, with my family. It can't be any safer than that. That's a dangerous situation. Canada, after Thanksgiving, number went right up. What did it do? I've said this 150 times. It's going to happen. 
because it's human behavior. Oh. I hear it with my own family. Oh. Be smart. I get it. I understand it. It's wrong. Oh. Wow. It's oh. wrong. My advice on Thanksgiving? Don't be a turkey. <laughs> don't be a turkey. <laughs> Tur- turkeys get killed. My, I, don't, I don't want that for you. <laughs> my daughter, Livia, had a Logos uh, project where she was writing <clears throat> on... Uh, her topic was uh, Thanksgiving. is like a little short story. Okay. And her... Um, short story was where the the turkey escaped and turned on the farmer and shot the farmer. The farmer was going to come in. Ooh. Is that kill- an analogy for the government? Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm like, huh. that, that, we should figure huh. out how to turn on, take that turkey and turn on the government. Don't huh. be a turkey. But that's not it. That's no, not this all. is not oh, it. Because no we got some paternal oh. instincts from Cuomo here. Uh-oh. You know what love is on Thanksgiving? Oh, love. Tell me. I love you so much, and I'm so thankful for you. Oh. That I'm not going to see you. That's how you show me you love me. Oh. I'm not going to see you. That's how much I love you. Wow. <laughs> you know, the church taught Cuomo how to, how to do that. Oh, how's that? That play. Well, love your neighbor, wear a mask. Oh, Ooh. the church has been preaching that. Yeah, but the fact that this you know we were talking about paternal just a second ago. I never want the government to be considered or start defining what love is. Right, exactly. Um, I want the government to say this is wickedness, and I'm going to punish it. This is good, and right. I'm going to say this is how everybody needs to be acting. Right. But when they start defining things like love, I want to know where they getting that standard from. Right, and this is like there's no well, neutrality in this whatsoever. Love is apparently also murdering millions, millions of, babies. of babies. Exactly. Yeah. And so, do you want them defining what love is? Right. I, I can't for the life of me. And, and for real, actually, I thought love is love. Right. Let me do what I want to do. I thought love was me yeah. doing whatever I want. My house, my choice. Right. Yeah. My, my body, body, my, my choice. choice. Yeah. My right. face, my choice. Yeah. Right. My who, bedroom, my choice. Who are you defining what a family is? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Along That's with right. Governor Mussolini. Yep. <laughs> no more than three families was a family. Well, in, Where'd you come up with that? Yeah. Where, you can't just... But this is what happens. It's always this way. When you try, the play of neutrality is always a lie. Yeah. It is always a lie. To move and it, you and maneuver it is you. Always a power play. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. no definition. Relativism is always a setup for, except for right. what I say. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and so he's playing the godfather. Yeah. Yeah. He's, absolutely. He's, 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 he wants to be the dad. He wants to be, um, he is being paternalistic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's completely incoherent, which is why it's tyrannical. Yeah. He, it's really interesting to watch how they reverse engineered this thing. It yeah. went from outside, okay, businesses and everything yeah. like that. And, all the way to your um, house. To your living room. Where do you stay? Where do you sleep? To your living room. They've gone all the way to the most potent thing in society, right? Mm-hmm. That in the church. And they've said, okay, how can we control that? Yeah. And And right now, all I can think of, what's next? Yeah. What's what's next? Well, the, the governor of West Virginia says that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I would have thought it would have been crazy to tell people they couldn't go to church and worship God. Right. I would have thought that would have been when everybody yeah. said, okay, that's enough of that. Yeah, you, the thing is, is that worldviews are inherently um, pervasive. Mm-hmm. You, 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 it's impossible to have a worldview that doesn't pervade everything. That's right. And, and there's always sin and righteousness. There's always clean and unclean. And there's always salvation. In every worldview, some version of it. He's operating with one, 
and it's just right into the living room. That's right. right? From right. outside to bars and restaurants yep. to into the living room. Yeah. And, and because this is the evil, it's this, you know, this this bad flu bug. Well, and th- th- go ahead. I'm sorry. But, I, but my, the last thing I was going to say is, um, but back to Gabe's point about how the church teaches this, um, we taught this when way back when we basically capitulated and said, fine, what you do in your living room yeah. is fine. That's right. right. That's right. And and there's a certain sense in which under God's law, we leave people alone. That's yeah. right. That's right. But there are some things that God says what you're doing in your bedroom, what yeah. you're doing in your living room right. actually is yeah. infecting the world. That's right. right. Okay. That's right. But it, it's not this stupid flu bug. Right. Right. right? But sodomy does that. That's right. right. Absolutely. A- abortion does that. That's right. Adultery does that. Yeah. Right. right. This is why these things are crimes in in the Bible because what you do there in that regard really is infecting the land. And forgetting right. to speak up and say what you're doing is wrong also right. does that. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but it's always that. pervasive. It's always pervasive. It's That's just right. who's standard. By what standard? Who 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 are you obeying? The there, government is so big. Um, you know, New York's government is so big. How do you, how do you where do we start? Like exactly. encouraging people to right. start standing up. They're I telling mean, you where to start at though. Look at the things that they're really fighting. Start against. in your living room. You can't sing. Yeah. Sing. You can't sing. Yeah. Yes, you can. Okay? You can't have people in your house more right. than a certain number. Where right. are they directly hitting you at? Right. Well, that's where you started. Right. <laughs> that's what they really want to shut down. Right. So then you start and saying, okay, how are we going to fear God in our home? Right. Well, we're going to have grandma over if grandma wants to come over and is healthy and everything's fine. Yeah. Okay, we're going to make that decision for us. We can make that decision for ourselves. They don't make that decision for us. Right. Then we're going to invite the Sumters over. And then we're going to invite the Alakamindras over. And yeah. then we're going to have a, a huge feast. And we're going to thank God for his goodness to us yeah. in this time right now. Yeah, and then after we get done with Thanksgiving, we're going to go to church. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're going to go to church yeah. and we're going to sing. That's right. That's right. No, and that's the thing is, I think people underestimate the potency of celebrating before God. Yes, that's um, right. Th- I mean, when, when, I like how you said it, celebrating before God. When, that's right. When, when God was getting ready to break Israel out of Egypt, he said one last thing. You're going to have a feast. That's right. You're going to kill a lamb. You're mm. all going to eat. You're going to have some unleavened bread. You're going to put blood over your doors, and I'm going to break you out. Mm. I'm going to break you out of Egypt. Um, it was a feast. The, the feast of Passover is what gets celebrated all through all through Israel's history, culminating, of course, in the Lord's Supper, where That's Jesus right. says, here's how we're going to break out of sin and death and the domain of the devil. Take this bread, give thanks for it, share it. Take this wine, give thanks for it, share it right. in remembrance of me. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. Um, God gives us a feast to celebrate in his presence. Right in the presence of our enemies. That's right. Right. Yeah. Why? Well, he says when you do that, you're proclaiming his death till he comes. Yeah. That's right. Right. We're proclaiming his death, which is our freedom, Mm -hmm. our freedom from sin. And this goes back to what Pastor Rob McCoy was saying. Right. How is it freedom? Because you died. That's right. When Christ died, you you died. Right. We gave it all up. My my family, my friends, my job, my well being, my free. All of it's been given up. Not so that you can be apathetic but so that you can lean against the tyranny right. so that you can walk into the world and say, let's see what God does. Um, uh, ben Merkel uh, says, and I never forget this so good. And he, he, he does stuff where he just says something in passing. Right. and It's like so weighty, yeah. but he's like, we have a tendency to believe that if we give up something to God, that we're going to lose it. But the way that God does things is that when you die and you give him up something, give, give up something or that thing, he gives it back to you better yeah. than you ever could have imagined. And I always Amen. think about Adam and Eve. Right. Adam goes into a deep sleep, death-like sleep, yeah. and he yeah. comes back with 
his rib turned into this beautiful woman to help him take dominion over Amen. the world. Yeah. And if you look at Pastor Rob McCoy and what they're doing, right. and you're thinking to yourself, like, w- w- you need to give it up. Right. Give it all up to God, and he will give you something back better than and, what you can even and, and imagine. The, and the thing is, is what this is, is practical post-millennialism. Come on now. Oh, glory. This is practical post-millennialism. It's, it's not this idea that you're going to grab hold of the, the reins of power, or you're going to suddenly just all, all of a sudden, like, we're going to get, all, you know, win the election or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is not really ordinarily how God works. Right. I mean, yeah, occasionally you run for office and you win and, and yeah. you have influence and you have authority. And occasionally you, you know, you interpret some king's dream and you get, you know, exalted <laughs> yeah. to the you right hand. You're in jail. Right? <laughs> yeah. That does happen. But yeah. ordinarily, the ordinary process of how God works post millennially through history yeah. is through people dying. Right. That's right. right. No, 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 really. That's right. Yeah. No, look you at know Jesus. How, <laughs> you know how I know that? It's because of Jesus. Come right? on now. I worship. The king of the world. Come on. And how did he become the king of the world? He died. He died. Mm. And then Jesus raised him. And then God raised his son, Jesus, from the dead. Right? That's how we that's how we win. Jesus says unless a seed goes into the ground and dies. Right. It cannot bear much fruit. Mm, the, right. the Bible version I had, the Message Bible, had that part out. No, yeah. it's there. <laughs> it, if you want to find your life, you have to lose it. If you want to follow Jesus, you take up your cross. And this is why, uh, like guys like Rob are there. Oh yeah, he's he's there. He's winning. He, but, he went but, through but, the list before. He went through the oh, list yeah. of all the things that the right. world all could the, take he, away. All from. he could lose. And he's like, I'm not losing anything. Okay, right. okay. So there are a lot of pastors, a lot of people who are not there yet. And there's a lot of people who, like us, or a minority group of us, who have to try and encourage them. I want you to do two things for me real quick, Pastor. There's a group of people that are trying to encourage your pastors. They might be doing it wrong. But they, how do you rightfully push your pastor, encourage him to do the things that he knows he needs to be doing, but he's kind of hiding right now? And not be a jerk. Because I think what I see right now is people are like, rah, rah, and there's no yeah. biblical rhetoric as to how right. they need to be engaging to encourage. Right. They're just cutting. Right. How, how do we encourage our pastors who are not there? And then how do we encourage our brothers yeah. to do the same thing? Well, I think um, – Number one, live faithfully in your own domain. Yeah. So wherever God has made you authoritative, you're over your family, you're over your business, whatever, um, live joyfully there. Yeah. Celebrate your freedom. Celebrate God there. Mm-hmm. Have a feast. Mm. Sing psalms. Sleep around your own front door first. Dance, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And just and let your let your testimony, let your witness be one not of doomsday and gloom. Yeah. But of uh, you know, again, what you know, even if your house feels like a prison. Yeah. Well, when Paul was in prison, he, he preached the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. He said we got him on the run. Mm-hmm. Um, disciple your kids, love your wife. Yeah. Um, have have extra Extra gravy. Yeah, that's um, right. You know, turn the music up a little bit louder after yeah, dinner. Yeah, yeah. Turn the lights on. Everybody see you. Every, but, <laughs> but first of all, just live in the joy of the Lord. Amen. Yeah. So so when your pastor sees you, even yeah. if he's struggling, he's like, but they keep having a lot of fun. Yeah. And maybe they think you're being a little bit reckless. Right. But they're saying, but man, they love in Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Man, they're forgiving one another. Yeah. Man, they're sharing the gospel with one another. Why, right. why are you living like that? Because Jesus rose from the dead. He conquered sin, death, the devil. I'm free. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why I'm going to live like a free man. Yeah. Um, so first of all that, and then I would just say, you know, a lot is going to depend on your relationship with your pastor, but you, you need to know that like uh, an encouraging note to your pastor that says, I'm so thankful for you. I'm praying for you. Yep. Um, you know, how about send them, you know, a bottle of wine, send them a, a block of cheese, send yeah. them, you know, invite uh, them to the party, uh, uh, send them a subscription to fight Laffy's magazine. Oh, you can do that, can you? Uh, but, but just, you know, gifts of, uh, you know, flowers for his wife. Yeah. Um, I know it's, this is a challenging time praying for you and the elders. Yeah. Um, encouragement and prayer is huge yeah but be the live the kind of life and be the kind of man or woman that they might want to ask you what do you think about all this right 
um, you're, 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 you know, occasionally, you know, you might be able to share an article or a story or whatever that might get them thinking and so on. But typically speaking, you're going to, you're going to get a lot more progress when you have them coming to you yeah. saying, I noticed that you're not so concerned about this. Or I noticed that, you know, you guys just keep celebrating it. Why? Brother, I need to put you in church discipline. You guys are having too much fun. Yeah, But, <laughs> but, but be in the kind of position, not being a jerk, not yeah. being obnoxious, but he's saying, um, what, so what have you been reading? Yeah. What, you know, you say the Bible. Yeah. No, you say, right, you say, right, you know, right, right. but you, you say, oh, well, you know, here's an article, here, you know, here's, uh, here's the Great Barrington Declaration, you know, yeah, here's, right. here's, here's a bunch of doctors that are saying it's, it's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. masks, you know, it's not really a thing. Yeah. Um, and, um, but I think th- those would be the two things that I would say, you know, live it first of all. And then just, and then just be, you know, cheering them on. And, you know, there's going to be some hard situations where, of course, your, your pastor really is just compromising. Yeah. And the elders yeah. are really are just capitulating. Uh. And yep. and then you got to go. You need to find a community that's not. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. Um, and at, I, but at I what, think you know, be patient, be gracious. But go ahead. I was gonna say, at what point do you just like flee New York? Yeah. You know, at what point do you leave California? What, what like, I've been, what I've been telling people is, I think this is a moment where it's it absolutely should be on the table. Absolutely. Yeah. And and and, here, and here's what I say is, I basically say, look, if God has given you an assignment of influence or authority where you are, then don't give that up easily. Uh-huh. If you are a pastor, for example or you are on city council, yeah. you are a sheriff, yeah. then you have a responsibility to guard and protect the people that right. God's put you in charge of. Yeah. Okay, right. Don't run away from that. Right. And and if that means you've got to be the last one standing so that everybody else can get out. Yeah, the last one right. out the door kind then, of thing. Then that's yeah. your job. Yeah. That's your job. Now, I don't think that means you can't leave. Right. But I would say if you are in a position of influence or authority already in Washington, Oregon, California, New York, wherever yeah. you know these tyrannical laws are coming down, and you can protect um people and their freedoms don't give that up easily right but if you don't have that kind of position of authority and influence if people aren't already following your lead if you're not in a position to be able to protect people then i think um you need to find a place where you can dig in and and because otherwise um you know you're you're just biding your time you know you want you want to leave um my in-laws lived in iran actually in the late 70s Um, this is a show about my father-in-law yeah, I guess uh, so. who's with the Lord right now. But anyways, uh, he, you know, the, uh, he, he and my, my mother-in-law were in, in Iran and in, in Tehran, um, selling bombs to Muslims probably. But, um, <laughs> anyways, um, uh, they, uh, but the, the, there was a the revolution. Um, the, the, the Shah came and it was, it was kicked out of power and, and, uh, um, Ayatollah Khomeini came into power and so on. But my father-in-law saw the writing on the, on the wall and, um, and left like four or six, four to six months before uh, everything went down and he packed everything up and left. And then like three months later, they had emergency evacuation Yeah, and, and everybody else that got evacuated couldn't take anything with them. Mm, My in-laws got like, you know, 15 chests of stuff out of the country yeah. and then like toured the Holy Land and Europe and stuff on their way home. And it was a much different experience. Yeah. So what kind of experience do you want? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? This is like <laughs> the great right. prophet Kenny Rogers. That's you right. got to know when to hold them, yeah. know when to fold them, know when to walk away and know when to run. <laughs> <laughs> If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. You said extra gravy? Extra gravy? (laughs) Yes. Get the app, and you can get all these fun links inside the app, too. So, hey, oh, become a Fight Left Feast Club member. God bless you. This is Cross Politic. The reason the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference is crucial is the combination of those words. 
Christians need to learn how to fight, they need to learn how to laugh, they need to learn how to feast. The next Reformation, what will it look like? Probably a lot like what we're seeing here at this particular conference. We need to say what the prophets said and do what the prophets did. Jesus has said, every square inch is mine. We need to be more combative than we are. We need to be more cheerful than we are. And we need to be more given over to celebration. The, the joy of the Lord is our strength. As in all things, we start with the Lord. We need to use our entire toolkit. And I think that a lot of Christians, there are certain tools that they haven't traditionally used. Jesus, when dealing with spiritually dangerous things, Jesus tells the truth in hard ways. He uses a serrated edge. We're on a field of battle, and we fight until the king relieves us of duty. And if we have him with us, we really cannot lose. When we're fighting, we're singing, much like the Israelites as they sent their choir out in front to lead their armies into battle with song. The rules of engagement have got to be defined by the dictums of Christ. The world is asking all kinds of questions, and we've got the answers. We need to look like the church described in the scriptures, which is a church that despairs of its own competency and lays hold of the grace and the mercy of Christ. God put dragons in the world so that we could fight them. And we should fight dragons with shouts of joy.